I want to give a special thanks to all those who continue to financially support our work. This podcast is only possible through your generosity. I also want to thank those of you who regularly pray for the work of Renovare. We just had our annual ministry team retreat. Good things are coming, and we covet your prayers that God would continue to bless, empower, and protect. I will set the Lord always before me. I will set the Lord always before me. That's the crux. This month, we're working with the contemplative stream, the prayer-filled life, living into a still life. I've heard it said before that through the years, Renabari's been a sort of haven for contemplatives. There's probably something to this. While certainly prayer is foundational for all Christ followers, many earnest Christians don't even know that prayer can be a practice beyond us talking to God. Certainly it's good and right to offer our needs and praises, but this is just the beginning of a prayer-filled life. In our relationships with other humans, We wouldn't even consider building our connections by just speaking to them. No, relationships grow and deepen when we listen, we interact, when we're just together. In a very real sense, it is the same with God. We soon discover how misguided it is to view prayer as a chore, something to muscle our way into or simply another failure on the required to-do list to be a good Christian. That actually, a life of prayer is the easy way, a joy, a space we long for. Look at the examples of Jesus withdrawing late at night or early in the morning for time with his Father. These examples read to me like a recharge of sorts, a safe place to retreat and be filled. In the contemplative tradition, we learn to value and treasure things like silence, scriptural meditation, listening prayer. We begin to discover that Paul's seemingly ridiculous encouragement to pray without ceasing might not just actually be possible, but incredibly life-giving as we're invited into an ongoing, interactive relationship. And in such, we learn what it means to simply waste time with God. Of course, for some, this can all be intimidating or even frightening. We start right where we're at. We start small and do resist the temptation to write off the contemplative life as reserved for introverts with a certain personality type. Now to help launch our month's focus on the contemplative stream, I'm back with my father, Richard Foster. Sometime back, he authored the book Streams of Living Water. It serves as a guidebook for helping us explore all the great expressions of the Christian tradition or the streams. My name is Nathan Foster, 
and welcome to the Renovare Podcast. We get to record in person. Hey, how about that? Fun. People often ask how I record the podcast. Yeah, I'm sure. So we're we're a foot apart. Yeah, two feet apart. It's yeah. going to mess the whole thing up. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but usually, just to answer the question for people, usually I do them over a video chat and then yeah, just record sure. the audio. But we get sure. to see each other still. Yeah, just nice. Get to see the voice inflection. I mean, get to see. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Well, we get to talk about the contemplative stream okay. today. Sounds good. Which and the, that that's really what spiritual formation is all about, right? To light a candle and sit in silence. <laughs> <laughs> it's the crux of the whole thing, isn't it? People do do that, but that's not the crux of anything. I mean, it's nice, but <laughs> let me give you. It's. Uh, it's in the Bible. <laughs> Psalm 16:8. Okay. I will set the Lord always before me. I will set the Lord always before me. That's the crux. If we learn ways to see this is an action we do. Mm-hmm. Set the Lord always before me. Now, you know, we can't, especially in the beginning, we can't do that all the time, but we do what we can. We pray as we can, not as we can't. So we don't beat ourselves up about this. Mm-hmm. Just just before we began recording, a little bit before then, I was uh, just looking at Psalm 16, and, and this uh, phrase in the 11th verse, um, in your presence there is fullness of joy. Now suppose we were to take just that phrase and live with it for the day. In your presence there is fullness of joy. And that's just one simple way of setting the Lord always before us. You know, that can be done by anybody, any place, in in any situation. You can come back to that. Middle of my work day. In the middle of the work day. In fact, that's the best time. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of of joy, and that just reorients me ever so slightly, ever so gently, to set the Lord always before me. Mm-hmm. And that's now that's a sort of beginning stage in the contemplative life. Does it make sense? It does. Yeah. So I'm thinking of Brother Lawrence. Practice yeah. the presence of God. Yeah, the practice. Yeah. See, remember, this is a practice. The practice of the presence of God. So he would learn to practice God's presence while he washed dishes. He called himself the Lord of all pots and pans. (laughs) So that he could be as present to the Lord when he was washing dishes as when he was at the Holy Eucharist. That's an amazing thing for someone of that 
era to have said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, side note, I was teaching that book at the university, mm. and you know what my students said? Mm-mm. They were really confused of like what was wrong with him, why he never was promoted out of the <laughs> out of the kitchen. <laughs> like he's got kind of a failure, this guy. He just <laughs> always a dishwasher. Yeah, and he he learned to make that a holy sanctuary, and uh, so he was a a great. Think of it historically. He was a great, great success. Yeah. Servant to the servants, I think. Yeah, was his, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a phrase he used, yeah. So practicing that, starting where we're at, but just simply the contemplative tradition is holding the Lord always. It's this us. loving gaze in, on the presence of God, uh-huh. and we do this as we can, not as we can't. We might, uh, for some, uh, where those words, uh, contemplative, Tradition or meditation, you know, where those are hard words. Let me just give you think. How about thinking? Now, that's there's a lot more to it than that, but think of Frederick W. Faber. Only to sit and think of God. Oh, what a joy it is to think the thought, to breathe the name, earth has no higher bliss. Okay? So we, we can begin there. And now, as we fill the mind with the presence of God, then we are seeking to descend with the mind into the heart. And that's where the gaze of the soul, the loving gaze of the soul upon the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Now, let's... Let's recognize there are times when there are all kinds of thoughts that uh, aren't all that pleasing to God that we have. Now, see, the mind, this is where we make choices. What are we going to set our mind on? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we have, in large measure, uh, control or decision power to set the mind some places. And if I say, uh, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy, that's just setting my mind somewhere. Now, it's the, the contemplative stream is more than that because we are descending with the mind into the heart. And, and then, as you mentioned, we're bringing that into all of life, ordinary life. So as, uh, what is it, Thomas Kelly talking about living on two levels at once? Mm-hmm. On le- one level, we're doing all the work of our day, uh, answering emails or text messages or whatever it is. Arguing with my wife. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> arguing with my wife. And then on a deeper level, trying, seeking, seeking gently to be attentive, even when we're, you know, angry or we, we're... we're we're wanting, we're wanting to set the Lord always before us, even in that. God's not afraid of some, you know, frustration or, and, and a lot of mental stuff, the imagination that kind of goes wild and stuff like that. Can we, can we bring that gently back to set it before the Lord? You were asking a time 
uh, when we were doing some speaking, I couldn't remember it, a little prayer that I wrote called A Prayer at Coffee Time. The coffee prayer. The coffee I prayer. I love the coffee prayer. I'm going to give it to you. Okay. Here it yeah, is. Here it is. Because I, I have it here. I'm reading it from the book because I tried from memory. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did. I didn't, didn't do very good. You didn't. That's okay. Somehow, Jesus, I like praying with a cup of coffee in my hands. I guess the warmth of the cup settles me and speaks of the warmth of your love. I hold the cup against my cheek and listen, hushed and still. I blow on the coffee and drink. O Spirit of God, blow across my little life. And let me drink in your great life. Amen. And see, that's a simple action. Uh, it's a little bit like folks that uh, put a candle, you know, a coffee cup. All right. It's a, a tool. To it's a tool and it's a, a vessel to, to orient us a little bit. And see, it's that... Uh, I blow on the coffee and drink, O Spirit of God, this is the prayer, blow across my little life and let me drink in your great life. And if, uh, you know, you want to have a, a longer time of meditation, uh, get a bigger cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. T tell, tell them the book that's from. Oh, uh, Prayers from the Heart a book I wrote to go with uh, Prayer, Finding the Heart's True Home. This is your airplane book, right? The, yeah. The, when we I did the uh, Prayer, Finding the Heart's True Home, then I don't know exactly why, but uh, I just thought of writing prayers to go kind of go along with that book. And so every time I took, well, I was traveling quite a bit in that day, and every plane trip I took, I would write a prayer, not two, three, just one, and then I'd put it away for if, the rest of the flight. What if you had a connection then? Would that be a new? <laughs> two prayers. Two prayers that day. I don't remember. <laughs> so it's just... In, as simple as turning kind of our inward attention to to God. Yes. That's a good good way to put it. Inward attention. If we can think of uh, the mind, the heart, the spirit, as uh, Kelly puts it, swinging like a needle to the pole star of the spirit. That's his image. And I think, isn't that lovely, that idea? I think of a compass, you know, mm -hmm. uh, swinging yeah, to well, the north. I've heard people say, you know, my head is, there's so much chatter in my head. Uh -huh. So this is not for me. <laughs> I just, you know. This is especially for you. If you, uh, I mean, chatter... I mean, there are some good things about all of the chatter, but I I learn 
to calm the chatter and orient it. And sometimes the example I gave was just a, a tiny passage of Scripture. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And I just gently bring my mind, which is full of chatter, back to that. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Uh, some people use like the 23rd Psalm or, or a portion of it, mm-hmm. you know, just a phrase from it and, uh, and just live with that. Now, that isn't everything. I'm, I'm s- stressing that. Right. But we're talking about, you know, entry points, mm-hmm. and, and those are very important. And when I start with a, a verse like that, and and then suddenly I'm on to uh, shopping and uh-huh. different things in my head, um, I, I failed, and no, then again no, no. I know it's not for me. Oh no no, uh, we're we're in the shopping cart, and and uh, things are going on. We gently bring ourselves back as we go. We're walking down. Oh. I've, you know, it's been a while. I can take some grace with this. It takes oh, of time course, to learn. Of course. And and uh, let's be easy on ourselves. Let's, uh, God is patient with us on this. And, and, uh, and sometimes we can, our minds can get churning, frustrated over something like whatever at work. Uh, this is most important at work. Uh, we we learn to gently bring our minds back, and uh, um, in your presence there is fullness of joy. Think of that. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and then that also orients us to see to see things. To for ideas to surface from the from the you know mm-hmm. unconscious up into the conscious mind, and oh, here's a person. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. And that's 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 just all part of our giving of ourselves to another person, uh, and it just it just takes us out of ourselves. How wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, people get so full of themselves and they they don't like that about themselves. Well, here's a way. Here's a way. Simple. And we just uh, stay with it. And I'm, I'm talking about uh, work on this for a decade or two. That's a bird pecking on the... On your house. On the house, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and he stays with it. <laughs> he's, he's training. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll, I'll sit down to intentionally uh, do this. The next thing I know, my mind's all mm-hmm. over. I, I I've kind of laugh at myself mm-hmm. and... Oh, there you go again, Nate. There you go again. <laughs> you know. Get too worked up. That's about a it. good. That's a good way to laugh at yourself. So when we think of the contemplative tradition, there's all these different entry points, and 
taking time to sit with a verse or turning our gaze inwardly. It, it also involves sitting in silence. Oh, yeah, sure. But see, that's it, it, it can calm down the churning of the spirit and of the heart and mind because we're in a, a distracted world and um, distraction is one of our deepest enemies. Mm-hmm. And so to deal with that, uh, part of that is to just learn, learn to become comfortable in uh, the presence of God. And silence is one of the great classical disciplines of the spiritual life that allows that to happen. So many times when, <laughs> like in this is even in churches, you know, let's have a moment of silence. And okay, they, there we go. We yeah, <laughs> they, mean, they mean 10 seconds. <laughs> I know. I'm just getting settled. I'm like, all right, here we go. Okay, now let me get settled. Whoa, we're done, aren't let's we? Let's have a hymn. <laughs> I've, I remember playing on worship teams and they had a, a, a statement of dead space. Oh. Don't have any dead space. Ne- never you know? have dead space, right. And see, that just plays in to the distraction of the culture. We got to keep things hopping constantly, keep people moving, uh, Let uh, give them things where they can text in the middle of a worship, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, oh, no, 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 let's just let go and. Be still. Be still. Be still. That's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, we, we're easy with ourselves about this. Yeah. Because everything in our culture goes against this. And, uh, and so we have to, you know. You know, and people, some very, very high, uh, their jobs... Our high intensity, and that's okay. I mean, you know. But how about a two-minute break, a five-minute break, to just reorient? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard a line from a lady when we were, I think it's when we were at the Calvin Faith and Writing. Mm. She was asking a question, and her statement is so helpful. Silence is reliable. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. I love that. And yeah. I, I know what it's going to have its way. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Not that things get fixed or there's always something uh-huh. Uh-huh. spectacular, but I can kind of count on it to reorient to to have an effect, mm-hmm. a good effect. And uh, and some people you know, if they get into a little setting like that, they they get really sleepy. Well, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, brother, you mentioned Brother Lawrence, those who have the gale, meaning the wind, those who have the gale of the Holy Spirit, go forward even in sleep. Even in sleep. Even in sleep. I, I heard the other day that when Dallas was leading retreats, mm. he would, the first night, 
uh, tell people to stay in bed for 12 hours. Oh, yeah? Huh. Not to get out. Of, even if right. you wake up, just to stay. Just stay, stay in bed. Yeah. Isn't that an interesting? Yeah, that's very nice. Uh, for many of us, that would be a, an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for people who live on five hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in terms of entry points into this tradition, the very simple practice of turning that inward gaze, Mm -hmm. sitting with uh, a verse, sitting in silence, Uh but praying out loud. Sure. That's another good entry point. Sure. And all these things depend upon where we are. You know, oh God, help. It's not a bad prayer. In a lot of contexts. Mm-hmm. And that's all we can say. But there's something that molds in us through the process. One of the phrases that the old writers have about what this tradition does is to create people who are beautiful of soul. Isn't that something to think about that? Mm-hmm. To say, oh, there's someone who's beautiful of soul because they've, they've gotten into an environment, into a context, into a milieu of the Holy Spirit. You see it. Those folks who've spent a lifetime yeah. here, they yeah. just glow. They, well, yeah, yeah. And isn't that, isn't that lovely? Maybe, maybe in, in spite of their... Height or weight or wrinkles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those things are, are totally uh, beside the point. Yeah. There's people beautiful of soul, and they radiate. And, and I don't, let's don't get too mushy about this. They laugh a lot. They uh, have, a, have just something about them, and, they, and they're not, there's a kind of self-forgetfulness. Right. They don't know it when you tell them. Yeah. Oh, huh, huh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's just, uh, and they're, they're, not, they're not gritting their tree, teeth and trying to become beautiful. Oh, <laughs> right. They haven't done the religious checklist. Of, yeah. But that's formation. It is. Right? These it practices is. and working for years and then something changes. Yeah. Can I mention just a few of the characteristics or the Please. movements of of this tradition? It uh, uh, love begins to flow, uh, a, a delicate, deepening love for God and for people, for the creation, for the, those things. Peace begins to slip in. Delight, delight is another characteristic of of this tradition. Uh, we begin to delight in, delight in God, but we delight in, in uh, everything, beautiful things, uh, uh, simple things. We just take delight in them, a flower, whatever, I don't know. Architecture, yeah. creativity. Yeah. That music, mm-hmm. good, wonderful music that lifts the mind, the heart, the soul. Isn't that great? But there's another, there's another movement or another characteristic. It's emptiness. 
Okay. Let's let's learn not to uh, not to be afraid of that. As we move into delight, we're also being pulled into an intense longing, yearning, searching, searching but not finding. Well, I I sometimes call it dissatisfied satisfaction. Hmm. You're you're not meaning we empty of our mind or no 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 oh no feeling internally kind of sad or lonely or well we're longing for God. We're not finding. We're finding. We're not finding. Yeah. There's more. We're satisfied, but we're dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. See? So there comes a, a dryness sometimes. Uh, and this is a good thing. It's a good it? thing. It's a good thing. Why? Why is that good? Because... It doesn't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> it takes us off of all of these false allegiances. The old writers called it Deus Obscrunditus, the God who is hidden from us. In order for us, see, we, we might have been depending upon whatever, good feelings. Holy goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people uh, in the quest for the holy grin See, they're they're trying to uh, whatever, and and this period of dryness uh, sets us free from that, so that it doesn't control us. It isn't wrong to have some good goosebumps, mm-hmm. but it doesn't control us whether we have them or not. We can still show up, yeah, regardless of regardless yeah. exactly. That's when we grow up in a way, isn't it? That's the deepest growings happen. And that this is, uh, at least as far as I can tell, universal among the people of God. There are periods of emptiness, dryness. Uh, I mean, the, the phrase that St. John of the Cross made famous was the dark night of the soul. These things come. And we learn that God is with us in this. Even though we can't feel God, we can't see God, we can't hear God, we just, you know. But but we learn. I often say, you know, giving the, an, uh, the image of an automobile, when we can't put it in drive, we can't go forward, don't put it in reverse. Put it in neutral hmm. and wait. This kind of patient waiting upon God. O- obedience. Yeah. There's a- we learn to obey in the darkness what we'd learned in the light. We carry it into the darkness and know that there will be light at the other end of the tunnel and that it won't be a train. <laughs> uh, we'll come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. Now, the the streams don't necessarily have an order to them, no. but in a sense, you put this at the first of the book, uh-huh. and was that intentional? Yes, very much so. Okay. I do think uh, an orienting of our mind and heart and soul in a Godward direction is so essential for all uh, of the other streams to begin to function. And flow, like you say, it's not uh, 
a hard and fast rule or anything, but it uh, this is pretty foundational. It's foundational, and it opens us to the other stuff. the The other things can become really destructive if we don't have this. Uh, our work in social justice, which we can just burn out, uh, a charismatic stream, we can just uh, get absolutely caught up in ecstatic experiences without the foundation of a life, of a, of a character formation. Mm-hmm. All of those kind of things. Holiness. Yeah. Be- I mean, ho- oh man, holiness can lead to the deepest, worst legalisms uh, if, if you don't have this uh, beauty, beauty of soul. Because, oh my goodness, I mean, there's nothing worse than religion gone, uh, you know, into a legalistic system. And then we start to want to control everybody else. (laughs) Not just ourselves. We want to get after everybody on this. Twice the child of hell. Yeah, (laughs) than yourselves. Yeah, that's right. Jesus, well, see, Jesus understood this stuff all, all the way through. You, you cross land and sea. That's the verse you're referring to. To make one convert, and when you've got him, you turn him into twice a child of hell as yourself. See, if we're a child of hell. We're going to make ch- children of hell. I, I notice that when I'm able to be more graceful with myself, I'm able to be more graceful with... With other people. Yeah. With other situations. With, with everything. Uh, see how that flows into the family, children, uh, spouse, whatever, you know. It, grace works, too. I mean, it's a great motivator. Indeed. You know, Indeed. I've always thought, you know, kind of willpower or grit, <laughs> shaming, and that that yeah. was a good motivator. But it doesn't last. It's not. It's, it's, not it's, it's, it's very short-lived. And uh, another characteristic of this uh, tradition is wisdom. We begin to grow in a first an understanding of people and a wisdom, for example, to know when to speak up and when to stay silent right. and leave people in the hands of God. If we're free to be silent, we're free to speak. That's right. Who was it? Thomas Akempis. The only person who is safe to speak is the person who is free to be silent. <laughs> and of course, we're coming into a, a, a political season, and you just watch people foaming at the mouth constantly. I mean, they're just going on and on and on. Not just politicians, but just you know, it's it's just a cultural frenzy, mm-hmm. and we need to not be a part of that. This teaches us to listen to others. Yes. Oh, very good. Yeah. Because we're not 
now uh, controlled by our own agenda and our own needs. See, uh, in the contemplative stream, there's a transforming of heart and mind and soul. And that frees us from ourselves, frees us from the need to control other people. Uh, That transforming power uh, helps us to be with people when we're with them Mm -hmm. and to listen, like you said, so that we don't have to, we don't have to get in our own story to, to impress the group. You know, some topic comes up. Mm. (laughs) Sure. We don't have to do that. One thought I have with this stream is we learn to be at ease with ourselves and at ease with God. Yeah. Now let's just not think of this as ah, sweetness and light and people feeling good. I mean, another characteristic of this tradition, a lot of the old writers just use the word fire. You're aflame with the love of God. You're blinded to all other loyalties. So it does motivate us to into lots of things. And this takes time. This is a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're working on this for a lifetime. And that's okay. Yeah. That's all part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even and maybe even into eternity. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We will grow in heaven. I don't mean physically. We will there will be growth. And uh, how all that works, I don't know. But No cosmic car wash? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Very helpful. Thank you. Sure. Well, it's a wonderful tradition. Don't be afraid of it. Just, uh, just walk in and you'll, you'll, I mean, of course there are dangers. I write about that in the book and pitfalls and... Hey, give it, give us just a, a danger too. Uh, well, there can be kind of a uh, consuming asceticism okay. in some people that that they just get so focused on uh, on uh, you know how how they've got to uh, do this stuff. There's a tendency to separate it from ordinary life mm-hmm. and just to put it into a kind of religious dimension. And we don't want that. It's, it flows in everywhere. Sometimes in this tradition, people will tend to um, uh, separate it from right thinking or good thinking or the intellectual efforts to articulate our faith, uh, they'll tend to devalue that, and that's a, that's a danger. Um, maybe one of the most dangerous things is the tendency 
to cut ourselves off from the community of faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just need to be aware of those kind of things. So things like that. Mm. All right. Hey, <laughs> good to be with you. Yes. Well, there you have it. I encourage you to check out our website, renovare.org. All this month, you'll find a collection of thoughtfully curated articles on the contemplative stream, some classic pieces and some original material. Until next time, thanks for listening and have a great week.